When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to another Winning Plays podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine, and guys, we're recording on a Wednesday, the day after the 2019 NBA lottery. And in today's episode, fittingly enough, number 14 for us here on the CLNS Media Network, we'll talk about the ping pong balls and the Celtics' three first-round picks and Zion landing with the Pelicans and what the hell Terry Rozier was doing this week on First Take. But first, as always, we ask you to subscribe to the Winning Plays podcast wherever you listen. Give us a follow on our Twitter account, at Winning Plays Pod. And we're just going to get right into it. Brian Robb, our resident Celtics beat writer, I thought you put it the most concise and accurate way this morning in the Boston Sports Journal. You wrote, all things considered, it was a good but not great lottery night for the Celtics. But when it started on Tuesday night, it was... It was a little bit scary there, especially I think it was what, the, the Lakers jumped into the top four. We knew that. At that point, we're like, okay, now the Celtics are going to end up at nine. <laughs> it seemed like the worst case scenario. Then as things unfolded, it just got crazier and crazier. So Mike and, and Brian, uh, B-Rob, were, you like, were, the, were the writers together last night? Were you at home watching the lottery? Or did you got, was there a, a media event that you were all located at? Um, nope, there was no media event. Uh, <laughs> probably for the best. <laughs> for the probably for the best. Not... Um, they they did do that again when like in past years when the Celtics had a good odds of getting obviously in the top five they would have a you know instant reaction from Danny and um, at the practice facility but this year obviously that the odds were highly against that and yeah Rich I think you described it perfectly in the sense that things looked bad from the start with the Lakers got a little bit better with the Grizzlies get involved and then all bets were off once the Pelicans jumped up too with the Knicks and. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. I mean, you look at those four teams in the top four, um, heading into that commercial break, I guess it kind of panned out as well as it could have from a Celtics perspective when you look at those four teams in play. Yeah, I want to, real quick before I give my thoughts, B-Rub, you sent that tweet out um, that the Lakers and the Knicks, before we knew that they were three and four, that they had a better... Uh, asset now to give an AD sweepstakes. Do you still feel that way, or was that just before you knew that they were three and four, and there was the hope that one of them would get the first or second pick? Yeah, I didn't mean they have like the best. I just meant they each have a better. I think that was misinterpreted that tweet. tweet mm, a little bit. Mm. Like they have like both of them now have a better because the odds were that the Knicks were going to get the number five pick. Correct. And obviously the Lakers jumped up a lot, so I just. That was more meant in the sense that they have a, you know, it's more, they have more to bring to the table now. 
yes. than they did the other night. And that, I think, they definitely can't, I mean, we'll get to it more later, but they, they're they more intriguing. They're going to make the Celtics pay up more, I think, is the bottom line. Yeah. And, uh, and, I would say, when you're talking about the, 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 the top four, B-Rob, so you're thinking, like, in terms of, like, how will it affect the, the Davis? Well, obviously, if, if Memphis got Zion, that's going to mess with the pick moving forward for the Celtics. Is that is that right. your thinking there? Exactly. And then with the Knicks and Lakers, it's just maybe what they could then turn and get AD for as opposed to, like, Zion being the building block in the Eastern Conference or joining LeBron out in L.A. Or, or, or do both those reasons factor in for, for why it, it was the best exactly. scenario that the Pelicans, exactly. I just... guess, landed it? Yeah, right. uh, my so my reaction when everything was—I mean, it all happened so fast that fourteen through, I guess five, run where it's just kind of like, okay, the Lakers jump, okay, the I mean, for me, all, all I really cared about, and I think the Celtics' number one priority was even more so than the number one pick staying in the West and number two pick going the West and all these picks, top four picks going to the Western Conference was just the, uh, you know, the Grizzlies pick moving up. And it's kind of, I mean, it could have been slightly better. You know, the Grizz could have gotten the third or fourth pick, uh, I guess, would have been a little better than second because they're going to get John Morant. They're going to, actually, you know, now I'm saying this out loud. I, I, <laughs> I was like, are you sure, Mike? Yeah, no, uh, I, I, yeah, getting John Morant, trading Mike Conley, heading into the rebuild that they were long destined to uh, go into. Uh, actually, yeah, that, that is the best case scenario, I guess. So, I mean, uh <laughs> It could be a net. It could be a net situation where like they hit their stride just in time for it to not matter for the Celtics again. You know, what I mean, I think they'll be they'll be bad just long enough for Celtics to cash in. I think they'll be bad enough to keep that pick next year. Do you guys top six protected? Yes. So like, I mean, as we just saw, the lottery is madness now. I mean, <laughs> so part of the madness knows? also, I thought, was the way ESPN was a little bit. I didn't have a great grasp on what was happening in real time. I think maybe that they were trying to add to the insanity too, but yeah. the real time unfolding was crazy. But um, but they were also talking about you know the first reaction. I forget who it was on the on the telecast was talking about how Connolly they could vision him like mentoring Ja for a year. He's I gone. Not, I, I, yeah, that that does not that's not happening. That was my first tweet from the lottery. It's like Mike <laughs> Conley's getting traded. That's that was my first reaction. And there's a oh, lot really? of teams. Yeah that are going to be interested in getting him, even though he's super expensive. But we got to see how the Kyrie, the Kemba, all that stuff shakes out in free agency. But whoever doesn't get those guys is going to be looking to trade for Mike Conley 100%. Or maybe yeah. someone who loses one of those guys. Mm. Spicy. Let's talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Spicy. I mean, guys, can you imagine? Is that, I mean, Mike Conley in Boston, that is a perfect fit. I actually thought about that this morning for a second. But in order to make that happen, you're trading Gordon Hayward. Um, and so it, it does bring up the curious question of like, who is going to be, you know, is it worth, obviously you'd probably rather have Colley next year than Hayward, um, based on what is reasonable expectations, or I don't know, maybe that's a fair question, Mike, like what, what, what do you think on that? Well, Conley is... I mean, so he, he's what thirty two. He's making thirty two point five next year. He's got a player option thirty four point five the year after that. Yeah, so it's like it lines up with the Hayward contract. It it does. Um, I don't even. I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean, Conley's coming off a really good year. We haven't seen him necessarily. I mean. 
we haven't really seen him in a situation where he's able to you know be surrounded by a lot of talent and he's not doing a ton of scoring and uh, maybe going outside of his lane a little bit as he ha- he's had to do in Memphis the past few years where you know, it was him and Gasol and then just a lot of G League cast-offs and just weird players. The Chandler Parsons injury kind of ruined everything for them. So I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting. I, I still would... I think Gordon still has a higher ceiling, personally. And then you have all the... You know, there's an injury history there with Conley, too. And um, I mean, you have all the also the... the intangibles of trading Gordon, how that looks and like the, the effect on the organization. It's which, yeah. It's rad stuff like that. There's a lot there. It's new. Nu- it would be neutral. And in, in my opinion, at best. Uh, right. So I, I especially if you trade him to Memphis. Yeah. So if you, you exactly. trade him to the worst team in the league, that's like a, <laughs> an extra fuck you. Yeah. But and um, it's also, you'd have to give up. I think honestly, you'd obviously have to give up draft picks on top of it, which is like you're trading Gordon at his lowest value, which is not, they can get better stuff. Like I don't think this is realistic. <laughs> like, I think there's teams out there that are going to want to really go after Mike Conley because um, he's right. still good and they need a point guard. Um, I just think that well, we can we can close the Mike Conley the box <laughs> talk a, a, after this. But I just think when you have if you're in a situation where Kyrie's leaving and we're going to talk talk about Terry uh, a little bit later, whether you know you even want him around, and so you have zero point guards and then you have Jalen and you have Jason, you got the wings. You know, I think Gordon becomes a little bit more uh, expendable, but I also understand. Like we talked about B-Rob, like you know, you don't want to piss off Brad. You don't. You, there's so many things that are involved in it. Yeah. But all right, let's move on. Let's go. To, let's <laughs> talk about AD. And then yeah, let's, 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 let's talk about the Pelicans first. In yeah. terms of like, um, before the lottery, someone asked me who I wanted to get the number one pick, uh, besides the Celtics, even <laughs> though they couldn't. Um, and I said the Pelicans and it was basically because I thought that it would, it would ensure that, that, I mean, this could backfire easily. You can see it both ways, but I feel like it ensures that AD will be traded and, um, it gives David Griffin a lot more confidence in making a move like that, knowing that he has Zion in his back pocket, no matter what he gets that franchise player. Like, it's a best-case scenario for David Griffin, and he can really kickstart a rebuild here around Zion and have that team looking like a juggernaut in four or five years if he plays his cards right over the next few months. Is there any chance that they trade Zion to stock a couple solid guys around AD? I don't think so, personally. What do you you think, P-Rep? I think you have to explore it. Really? And you, I mean, you're like, sure. not, yeah, you like, you're not doing your job, Mike. If you like, okay, AD, you're not saying you don't want to play with Zion, which I get. It's like, okay, who are you excited to play with? Okay, give me some names. All right, I'm going to make a couple phone calls. Well, what players are you thinking about? I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, this won't be enough to do it, obviously, like, but like, like Bradley Beal. No, and, not good enough. Like, right, right, not good enough. But then I'm, you need go to, you need to, to look at like James Harden. Not not that's not gonna fly. Okay, um, what about like what, Steph what if, Curry? Like, what if, not gonna fly. What about like McCollum, Collins? Like I'm trying to. I mean, Portland if they had if they had one other guy. But if you can get like if you can get three starters, and not that Zach Collins is yet a legit starter. I think he's gonna be very very solid very soon. But like I don't know. I mean, it, it is a little bit crazy. It's, obviously, you're, you're probably not gonna find the right deal to do it because of the like 
the, the it's a very short list of players that you do it for, and those teams might not be in a, like they want to contend. They're not going to trade for Zion. Um, what is the like if we were doing like a little trade value column, whatever? Like the the number one pick right now. I don't know what is above that. Like, no, I agree with you. I was just going to say put, that. Like, I you have... I can't think of. There's Giannis. There's. I'd I'd maybe put Harden above it. Um, Steph maybe. So let so let's say that David Griffin now has the number one trade asset in all of basketball, right? You you like you're upset. You got to do your job and see what you can get for it. Just if it's just a peace of mind, mm. you know. He'll do his job, but he's gonna pick Zion. Like it's a ninety nine point nine. He's certainly gonna pick him, well, but what you do with him is the question. What if I mean this wouldn't work, but like you go to. I mean, like, even someone like Jokic. Like, think about think about our conversation two years ago. Like, with the Celtics trading the number one pick. Like, we had that conversation. And, you know, there were some pie-in-the-sky possibilities, but they did end up trading it. This is obviously a wholly different situation with a less, far, you know, much more clear-cut number one. In a Brian Colangelo-less league. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the problem is, like, you know, the guys you probably would trade it for are not under contract long enough. Um, like Portland might like like Rich's possibility that might be the most like semi realistic one. Even that like it's probably I don't even think done. Portland would do that personally. But yeah, so that's exactly you're you're not finding the you know the the right match there to make it happen. So so he's not going to okay. That's one thing. So he's not going to trade Zion. We think. And so what are the ADH camp according to reports? Obviously holding strong right now about not. <laughs> You know, still demanding a, a a trade out. David Griffin. How hard does he does he push AD here to be like, at least try it, man. At least try it, see what it looks like. Or does he, if he can't get a commitment before the season anyway, he's not going to pull that card. He's just going to you know get him out and maximize his return while he can. I think publicly he needs to be like as bullish on AD. Uh, on committing to AD as possible, right. like you can't be desperate. That's that was the problem uh, with the Pelicans last year. The, the trade market, everybody knew that he wanted out, and and so you know the offers were laughable at the start. You know the Lakers offer that they initially made was just a joke. Um, and so, you know, if you're Griffin, you gotta you gotta be as bullish on him on him being happy and working it out with Zion and blah, blah, blah. But I think at the end of the day, I just, if I was AD, I, I honestly wouldn't care that much about Zion. It's like, I want to contend for a championship. Now this is my prime and Drew Holiday and Zion Williamson aren't going to cut it. And, you know, maybe a different player with, with AD's talent would feel differently, but clearly he does not view himself in that way as one of the leader, one of the premier leaders who can take whatever is given to him and just make the most of it. I, I, I think that that ship has sailed. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna say two things real quick. First of all, I think that you you gotta trade him before the season starts. You know, not that you can't once it does, but especially I, I just you want to start on the right foot, and you don't like it's gonna it's gonna terrorize the organization one way or another until right. something's done. And especially when you got this new blood, you got Zion coming, you got every reason to just be just be hopeful for the future and just and, and, and optimistic. And I just think that is just such a cloud that is going to hang. And if I were Griffin, if you're going to do it, I think you do it before. Um, my second thing is that 
you know, you can't do this. We can't do this quite yet, but sooner or later, I'm sure you'll be able to maybe get online and, and put a wager on, uh, on how this is all going to play out. And if you're going to do that, betonline.ag, guys. That is uh, our official sponsor here on the Winning Plays podcast. Um, and that's the best spot to make all your bets for the rest of the NBA playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, you can't really bet on the Celtics, but you can bet on the Bruins and the Stanley Cup. You can bet on the Red Sox and the MLB or whatever your team is. Uh, we got uh, Pina. Are you caught up on Game of Thrones? I am. not going to be any spoilers here. I am. You are? I am. So there are a lot of great prop bets on uh, betonline.ag. You can bet on the first Stark to perish in the final episode. You can bet on which character is going to say the last words of the Game of Thrones show. Anyways, uh, betonline.ag. That's the place. The CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. If you want to join the playoff fun and would like to support our podcast, please go to clnsmedia.com backslash winning plays and use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. That is CLNS50, betonline.ag. And who wants to take it? Beer up. You got you've somewhere you want to go? Zion, well, maybe? So, yeah. So, I mean... I agree with you, Rich, in terms of, like, the David Griffin needs to do this before... Made to make the trade before the season, because if you can't get the commitment before the season for maybe about sticking around, then there's just too much risk and too much good vibes to ruin if he sticks around. There's too much... Luckily for the Celtics and the other teams around the NBA, AD has done so much damage in New Orleans to, like, just that situation in the last few months that it would be tough to turn, you know, turn a 180 there anyway. So... If you're looking at that, I mean, we can look at the rest of the draft last night. Like the, we already talked about the Lakers improved their stock trade stock significantly by getting moving up from number eleven to number, did they, number four. Did they? Does that? How meaningful do we think that is? Let's stop there. Yeah, I was I was disagreeing with the significant comment too. You don't? I mean, it's obviously the there's a clear drop off in this draft at number four. It seems like so that helps on that front, but. I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to, I think it's a situation where it squeezes the Celtics for more in Anthony Davis talks, which, which hurts. I think for me, am like, I wrong to think that? I, Maybe not. Oh, go ahead, Michael, get after it. I mean, I think that the Lakers, I don't think, I don't necessarily I, think that this helps them in the AD sweepstakes all that much. What I think it does is it makes them a player in like a sub tier all-star transaction so like maybe they want to get conley maybe they want to get beal maybe like that's the type of transaction i think that they need to be setting their sights on i think that you know with ingram's thing and ball like i I just don't think these assets are up to snuff at all like i i like this fourth pick being in a three supposedly a three-player draft it's just not enough for me if i was david griffin with everything else that i could could get from some other teams out there. So I, I just don't, I'm not like yeah. that super impressed if I'm David Griffin by the fourth pick being headed to that package. But you made my point a little bit at, at the end, Mike and B Rob, it's, it's not as much for me about the fourth pick is that like this time last year, right? If you had evaluated Ingram and Lonzo and Ingram is not his fault, right? It's, it's that, that freak injury or whatever you want to call it. But like that, those two guys are significantly less than they were last time this year. So I just don't think that the fourth, like you said, the fourth pick in a three-person draft. But, you know, we hear that all the time. But, like, I just don't know right. if that's enough to move the needle on the AD sweepstakes just because the rest of the stuff isn't anywhere near as appealing as it once was. 
Well, what do the Celtics have to put on the table to beat the Lakers' best offer? Assuming that's number four, Ingram, Ball, Kuzma. What are the top two assets that the Celtics have right now? I believe it's Jason Tatum and the Memphis pick. So not Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? No. I agree. I say, I say Jason and Jalen, I think. I, 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 just, I agree I, with the Grizz pick. You got Jalen, you got to pay Jalen in one more year. Yeah. So that's that's an asset, but it's not a great one because you're going to pay him, have to pay him twenty million dollars in a year. And I don't know. I mean, he's probably worth twenty million dollars, but he might not be. If Evan Turner's worth eighteen, Jalen Brown's worth. 20. <laughs> and I, hey, no, Evan no was worth every. He was worth every penny in that game seven, man. Yeah, no disrespect to Et. I love him. I'm just saying, but I give um, Jalen the extra two. But yeah, I don't. I, I think that maybe it depends on the team that you're that you're talking to as well you know some people like the just the allure of hitting it big but also like Jalen Brown's right there you know if you can say hey if we end up getting Jalen Brown out of that Memphis pick like is that a win I don't know what do you think you can sell it being ahead, a higher upside you know? yeah I I mean, I think the Grizzlies pick is just a better asset if I'm a GM in almost any circumstance. I mean, like Jalen is about to have a huge, like his, his, one of the great things about him, which is the rookie scale contract is about to expire. You don't benefit off of any of those first few years of that deal with that, with that player, like as good as he has looked in the playoffs. I mean, he's still extremely flawed too. Like, let's not get it twisted. Um, with the Grizz pick, you have a literal potential at the number one pick. So in a couple of years, like that's just that's that's humongous. Um, obviously, that's a risk, and but I mean that's kind of and and the obviously the, the the way that the lottery has changed that kind of decreases the value of a of a pick from a bad team as we saw last night. But still, I mean that any unprotected first round pick is a big deal for a team that's rebuilding and. You know, uh, I just think that that if I was a GM, particularly one, I mean, we're talking about a specific GM, David Griffin and the Pelicans. I mean, that that pick is humongous to add to your own picks going forward as well, because you're going to be bad, assuming that you trade AD also. So, like, he just needs to stock the cupboard with assets. And I would rather have an asset who is cheap than one that I'm going to have to pay a lot of money to and make a commitment to. Yeah, I agree. that's fair. And I forget which one you guys said it, but Conley to the Lakers is a little worrisome. I think that makes sense for both sides, and uh, I think that's a good match for LeBron. If you were the Lakers, would you rather trade for Conley or sign Kemba? Hmm. I think I'm trading for Conley. Yeah. If you have to max Kemba out for four years, then yeah, I probably do. It depends what the price is for Conley, but I would lean Conley. Really? I mean, I'm in the camp of if I have to give stuff up versus I don't have to give stuff up. Well, are you getting anyone else with that cap space? Like, I guess that's, no. that's I mean, part you're of the, the you're the most dysfunctional franchise <laughs> in the <laughs> league. But we, I guess we we can we'll we'll be diving into this discussion yeah, in a different yeah. segment later on. I think. So, I mean, you guys didn't answer, going back to my original question, okay. like, what do you have to put on the table to top the Lakers' best offer, in your guys' opinion? Well, I also don't, I don't think the Lakers will have the best offer, you know what I mean? I don't think that's the one you have to beat, but, like... You don't think they're, who do you think is going to have the best, better offer than the Lakers? 
I think that, you know, even though we you know, talked about the Suns getting a little bit burned on lottery night, but I think if they throw an eight and uh, you still have a better, a better offer. Um, and like any number one of those, like random others, bridges or someone like that. Um, I don't know. Is there, is there anyone else that I'm, that I'm missing? Pina? I don't know. I'm looking through the teams right now. It's tough. I mean, the, the Nuggets seem the Nuggets like something could be that a could wild card. sneaky. Yeah, they could be a wild card, roll the dice. I do think that Simmons could be, based on what we just saw in the playoffs, and we're going to have a Jimmy Butler conversation, but yeah, I, think, I, I think Ben Simmons could be on the table, even though I thought he played pretty well, all things considered, in the playoffs, but... I think that he's they're, yeah he didn't look they're right. not going to be able to pay everyone so someone like I think if they're gonna if Jimmy wants to stay and Tobias wants to stay then Simmons might be eventually become trade bait Man, before he gets maxing out max, maxing out Simmons I mean sorry maxing out Harris just like yikes I I would never do that <laughs> what if what if Toronto keeps Kawhi and shops like Siakam and their leftovers for AD. If I if that happened, uh, and I was Danny Ainge and I caught wind of it, I would uh, continuously text David Griffin clips of Pascal Siakam in Game Seven versus the Sixers. <laughs> what uh, sure. what are the chances that Embiid is on the block? No, none. No way. I would say no, z- I would so. say zero. I would say zero. I would say that he has maybe two good years left. <laughs> That's possible. I don't disagree, but I would. They're not going to trade him. They just aren't. Right now, we're, we'll, we'll right now on uh, on bet online that ag we'll get to the Jimmy stuff later. But real quick, will Joel will Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons be traded before next season? Uh, no is minus seven hundred. Yes is plus four hundred. So it's you know the odds aren't great, but it's still reasonable. It's within the the realm of possibility according to bet online that ag. That's but I think Embiid like or Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, so that, that could lend itself more That's to your your Simmons, Simmons. comment. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. That that his I thought Sim, uh, Embiid's behavior. And that Toronto series was super bizarre and would be very concerning if I was uh, one of the leads of that organization. Well, they're going to do Just, load management with them all next season. Yeah, well, maybe that works. But I would I would cut sooner than, than later. If it, it, I mean, what, he was texting his coach like late at night telling me he was sick. It just seemed like he was a 13-year-old boy just like, I don't know, just like reaching out for attention this whole series. It was very bizarre. Um, anyways, we can talk about that later. Um, what else we got? Do we want to do Terry yet, so, or, or no? Well, no. Just the going back to the the, the offer. <laughs> I'm still waiting for okay. an offer. Yeah, okay. you guys are keeping. All right, all right. Let me go. Let me go. around the bush here. I, I think I look Tatum. I think the Tatum thing. There's just no chance that you're making this trade without him. Like, just I don't. I I don't know if the Celtics will because they're negotiators and professionals. I don't. Maybe he's not in that first offer, but he's. You're not getting a deal done without him involved. I think that's clear. Do we all agree on that? Yeah, I think with the number four pick in play now, I agree with that. Like, I'm not gonna say definitely yes. I, mean, I think I'll, if I had a bet, sure, but I don't. I don't know. Like, what? Like, let's let's think about it. what possibly could they do. So it's Jalen, Marcus, what picks? Memphis pick, Sacramento pick. So those, so those pick. four. Let's just say those four assets. Is because a lot of times the fact that that they that, that they know Tatum is there, you can't like hide him. You know, like when you know that he's in the cupboard, maybe you, they they think that that they can play hardball. But I don't know, you know? Also, I, I mean, put honestly, him out back. Put him in the basement. Honestly, <laughs> if I was the Celtics, 
and you know you're making this ad trade i assume under the assumption that excuse me that uh Kyrie is resigning right so that's kind of but, how they're building but, their team or no but let's say but let's say Kyrie's not that you go you take the offer to Kyrie and say okay we have ad we're giving up Tatum um and a couple picks and salary filler hopefully not smart um, but that actually might not, might be necessary anyway because to make the money work. And he doesn't, and Kyrie doesn't make a give you an indication. Like, what do you do? Well, then it's tricky, but I, I think that Jalen is a better complimentary piece for an AD Kyrie core than Tatum. But what if Kyrie doesn't like Jalen? <laughs> well, Pina, you said, you, to keep Tatum. Pina, you said it last episode. I kind of agree. I don't, I don't think it's insane to think that the Celtics would be willing to just get AD. Yeah. And see what happens. I mean, obviously, you, you maybe tone down your offer a little bit in that situation, but like, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe the opportunity to get that guy that. Like, you might not you be able to, Rich. Yeah. What, to, to acquire him, you're saying? Well, yeah, like, you might not be able to tone down your offer and still get him. Is like, sure. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you go. don't. But I, but I do, I do believe that even if they don't get that indication from Kyrie, and, and I'm like, Mike, you convinced me of this last, this is solely based on that. But um, that, yeah, that that they might still just get AD in. It's because everyone that comes here to, to Boston loves it, you know, yeah, for the most part. Kyrie is having a blast. <laughs> yeah, God, that, that was a really uh, stupid. That was a really stupid comment. But <laughs> until before Kyrie, um, does, he, does he hate Boston or does he just hate his teammates? I don't know. I think he probably respects the yeah, organization. I um, I, we should also throw in the fact that the Knicks are going to be aggressive about AD. I think you know if they got the number one pick, there was report that they would not be aggressive about shipping it i think with the third pick and rj barrett and i don't know anything about him except that you know he seems to be polarizing um i think they will definitely shop that pick and they will attach it to you know knox um uh, DSJ, all the other assets that they have, the young players. Mitchell Robinson is intriguing. Yeah. Uh, That's I think, probably the best prospect in that, Mitchell Robinson. No, they have. I think they have a lot of intriguing prospects. I don't know if that package beats the Grizzlies pick and Tatum, which I think is the top two. I think that those. that's just a one-two punch that would be really difficult to overlook. But but the Knicks should be I, – I, like, I, I think the Knicks offer – is better than the Lakers, personally. So is that that's Mitchell Robinson? Not that's Knox. That's Dennis Smith. The third pick. I think the third. third the pick. third pick is kind of a big deal. The third pick is the the third pick is the best out of all the. Well, if you're the Lakers, think, and think about this: if you're the Pelicans, you're drafting Zion. Who's Zion's best friend? Who he does every single interview with? Is it you? I believe it's R.J. Barrett. It's R.J. Oh, Barrett, his college teammate. So you trade. The Knicks, you get the Knicks pick. You have Zion and RJ together. They love each other. I mean, that's just like, that's just that that would be really, really convenient. I think for the Pelicans and and really enticing to keep him happy. I mean, Zion did not look very excited last night. I don't know if anyone else. Do you blame him? him? That. Like he could taste New York nightlife mm-hmm. and <laughs> and Oof. LA weather, and then all of a sudden, like. He's going to New Orleans. Uh, there's that clip of him double tapping the Atlanta Hawks logo, walking by it on the po- on the the podium, <laughs> uh, and shaking his head. Um, oh, no. So I don't. I, I mean, I th- it, it, it's who knows what he's thinking, and, and it's like whatever. But I, I 
you want to keep him happy too already that's kind of the clock is already on which is really sad but it is already on yeah so, he also did seem a little bit like i mean understandably just anxious and nervous i mean who knows what was going through his head yeah but yeah, yeah. they centered so, the whole program around him which it's a surprise, tv show surprise. yeah it's a tv show and they built him up to be this great player but i think he was a little uncomfortable by that fact um yeah, and it was kind and those of, will be the same people saying horrible things and bringing him down in about you know four or five. Yeah, months. that's how it it'll works. be fun. Yeah. So my main worry is this to wrap up our the lottery portion of this podcast. Just going to the the scenario we know it's going to try to happen here is obviously the Celtics going to Kyrie with saying we have AD and looking for the commitment. I feel like the way the season ended and the way things have gone down, it's more unlikely than ever that you're going to get that commitment from Kyrie before free agency even starts. And which, again, when you are weighing how much you want to offer and now the fact that other teams can offer more, i.e. the Knicks and the Lakers here, I just think it, it's, it puts Danny Ainge and the rest of the front office in a pretty tough spot in terms of do you do it anyway how much do you do it for if you do it anyway or do you like say that's like we can't give up our whole future assets for a role a pretty big roll of the dice in both ad and Kyrie sticking around i think that they i think if they can keep one of jalen or tatum you know, at the end of the day, this is who David Griffin likes more. This isn't who the, the consensus likes more. If they can keep one of those guys and they have no commitment from Kyrie, I think they make the trade. I I really do. I really I don't do. disagree with you, but I think it's pretty... It's, it's, it's bold. It's, hard. it's bold it's as bold. hell. Um, I think they make the trade. Yeah. It really just shows how stupid it is that the NBA does the draft before free agency. I, I mean, I don't know what's going to take to actually change that, but... Just They've been so, lobbying for years. On the so unnecessarily complicated for, for everyone involved. Yeah, it is. It's a tough and given. And then you add in up the Rose rule parameters of this past year where the Celtics obviously couldn't trade for AD with Kyrie under contract, like a little <laughs> shit like that, that comes up that just makes things even harder. I think because I think back to uh, when the Lakers with the, 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 when they had the second overall pick and they picked Russell and they picked Russell over Okafor because they thought that they were getting Lamarcus Aldridge in free agency. Right. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just like really stupid stuff like that. And it also shows like, I mean, it's funny that they, they turned it into what, like Brooke Lopez and, and nothing, but I mean, ultimately that turned out to be the greatest pick and they made it for a reason that, you know, wasn't even realistic. But do you guys expect Kyrie like to give a commitment before free agency starts? No, I think that, what's happening right now in the Western conference finals and with the warriors, it's like super interesting to me because like if they win the title without KD, <laughs> what, like what happened? Like KD's just got to be like, what the hell man? I'm out of here. Like it's a, it's a done deal. Then he's not coming. Like we all think he's leaving now, but you know, who knows? There's these reports that pop up sporadically about, Oh, he's he's like feeling good about the culture, and he doesn't want to lose this. Blah blah blah. If they just like romp through the finals and win the title without him, and Curry is this just inferno every night, like 
what the, he's not going to resign there. It's like, it's a done deal. And then, you know, then the options are open up and New York's there and New York's got, the, I mean, I just. What's, what's the latest, like, do we think that he might actually not play again this postseason? They, they keep saying that they'll reevaluate. I think they're reevaluating him later this week, Thursday, maybe. They're going to say him for the finals. I bet he doesn't even play in this series and then he'll come back in the finals. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, that, that probably makes sense. You talked about Steph. We'll say real quick. Just, I mean, he, and Clay shot ten for twenty four last night, which isn't great. But the way that he seamlessly has just turned into a monster again is pretty amazing to see. I, I think that, yeah, I I was I can't believe I assumed that the Rockets would beat the Warriors because Katie was out. One of my all time worst takes. Like they just effortlessly flowed back into the championship mentality with the championship style of play, yeah. like. As long as you learn from it, Mike, it's okay. Yeah, I will never, I will never doubt that team again. Well, since we're talking about a, a team that just you know fell back into their roles and <laughs> you know really are you know have a nice sense of cohesiveness, this seems like a good time to talk about Terry Rozier mm. um, and his comments after. I think that was a record stretch of appearances on ESPN on on Tuesday. Man. The car wash. From, uh, the car wash from from 8 a.m and then it, it seemed to get progressively worse during as the day continued i think is the in terms of his remarks it's just like does um, anyone go on that show does I, mean, I feel like first take is meant to bring out the worst in people right like that is how that show is designed like has anyone ever gone on there and looked good i have um, never watched it yeah i guess that's part of it too i don't know <laughs> i just assume but the little i've seen it is just like it just pokes at just the worst and every, I watched and it when Kyrie when Kyrie was on right after he came to Boston for like a full hour and then just said nothing for a full hour as Max Kellerman tried to go at him. Um, Talk about Brady, right? So here, like I, I mean, I'll like, give it to you guys first, as you guys were understand it. Like we're less bothered by Rozier's comments in the sense that I mean, for anyone who didn't see it, Terry kind of. Didn't took some subtle shots at Kyrie Irving at his role in the coaching staff, kind of catering to Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. Um, and then also saying, you know, I'm not going to be, if they're bringing back this roster, I don't want to come back again. Understandable comment. Um, my question is why the hell is he saying this all publicly? Um, and what the heck he thinks is going to do for him. Um, when Danny Ainge, if he thinks like this is going to work to get Danny Ainge to like, you know, back away from the table, is it going to work? Yeah, I mean, and not even Danny Ainge, like, or Brad Stevens. What, or no, what is any the rest of the league the NBA going to think? When, <laughs> right, when, I mean, that's, when the that's season the ends point. and you go on and, and decide to talk shit with Stephen A. Smith, you know what I mean? I just don't, I, I don't, I don't see what what, and I maybe he was just frustrated, maybe I, you know, and because I guess. Even if his play on the court wasn't great, and certainly he, there were some moments like no, no, it was terrible. It was terrible. Really. Like, no, not, fair, fair, fair. But I'm more saying about like how he behaved off the court. You know what I mean? So you knew he was upset, but he never like did he ever like really, really like let loose. You know, I think for the most part he did like somewhat contain himself. Uh, maybe he just needed to get out there he and did. say it, and now he can disappear and, and whatever. I, but like you said, I just don't know what you gain from that. I don't know how how that puts you in a better light heading into restricted free agency. I uh, personally, I, we were texting about this yesterday. I, I mean, 
my t- my my opinion is just like I don't care at all. I think that it's you know the things he said about those guys. I would I'm I'm one to believe that they already knew he felt that way and he was just airing it publicly now. Uh, I don't think his statements have caught anyone off guard. Um, you know, he was hinting throughout the regular season that he was frustrated and blah, blah, blah. He had this, the sacrifice comments immediately after game five. Um, I, you know, he had an awful year. And I was listening for another story about uh, this other story I'm, I'm thinking of working on. that has nothing to do with the Celtics. But Brad Stevens was on Bill Simmons podcast two years ago. And in it, he's he's talking about uh, how Terry can uh, adjust to limited minutes behind Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart. And it was just a really fascinating thing about how Brad, Brad, you know, Brad talks about how much respect he has for players who, when their minutes fluctuate, how they can be consistent uh, and, you know, still shoot well from the three point line and blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was just really interesting in hindsight to look back at that and, and see, you know, not he said that specific. He said that specifically that like when guys minutes fluctuate, I like guys that can just take consistent. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's pretty. Funny. So it's pretty <laughs> funny because uh, you know he was obviously aware of how difficult that was heading into this season, and he's talked about you know he knew I think after like the second preseason game he was like we're in for some some pain, um, right. and so it was. T- I think it was tough on everyone. It was tough on Rogier the most. I don't necessarily disagree with some of what he said, you know. And uh, I think it was very emotional. Which it was. It was. I think it was. It was half emotional, half calculating. I don't understand why he did it necessarily in public <laughs> the way he did. And you know, if I'm the Celtics, uh, I. I, I I think that you have to just be patient with these, this sort of thing and not get emotional. And, you know, Danny obviously has a relationship with Terry and uh, you wonder when the last time is those two communicated though. Um, I would imagine not oh. recently. Uh, I don't know. Oh, certainly not after yeah, everything that happened with Danny too. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, who knows? I, I mean, I like, I, I just can't get too worked up about it i saw a lot of people just really frothing at the mouth on twitter and i just don't care he's like not good enough <laughs> really to be honest <laughs> to to make me care well no, so, and i, I think oh, go ahead go ahead. no go ahead i'm gonna go on a big rant so you should go <laughs> okay I'll I'll, I'll I'll just say this really quick but yeah i but i think still at the end of the day if if everything plays out kyrie's gone the the Celtics need a ball handler. They know someone they can count on. They know can play point guard. I don't think that that, that appearance is going to be the reason why, you know, they would look somewhere else necessarily. But if Kyrie is, is here, Kyrie is gone. Not, but if Kyrie is here and Marcus Smart is traded, bringing back Terry, I still feel like after all that shit is like, maybe they can fix it, but that's still awkward. Oh, no. If Kyrie is here, I don't think. But if, but if Kyrie is back, I just think that sets... But you something some a few other things in motion that are going to change the face of the team a lot right but it would make sense to, for terry to be back like there's a point guard opening if marcus smart is gone like from a from a team building standpoint putting everything else aside bringing terry back in that situation would have made sense is right. he even good enough to do that? like that's the thing well i don't know i mean that's that's a question i think so he here's is. my here's my thing of terry okay. rosier like he, <laughs> the rant. here 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 it is he was Again, up in the postseason up to this year, 
he was a very promising player. He had a he had a garbage first two years as a Celtic, but had a great post. No, like on the whole, like he was underwhelming in those first two seasons. He shot terribly. He was out of control. Like he couldn't get off stay on the floor as much. But he got better at a really good postseason two years ago. Last year, he was pretty much great all year and was always and had a tremendous final two or three months for him. If you look at his numbers, he still shot for as good as his postseason was. He still shot 40% as a whole in the postseason and 35% from three. So for as amazing as he thinks he was, that's that's average point guard numbers. Again, very good for him. Like and average did, and for, did have a few really bad games like on the road. And have, exactly. And in fact, 0 of 10 in game yeah, seven. Game seven performance. The game seven is terrible performances on the road. Like, so he he's built himself up to a level where he probably like was like, he thought he was an all-star where he was really like the, the, the fifth best player on that team. The Reggie Jackson that comparisons just never get old. I'm so, I've been making yes. those for years and that's clearly what right. he thinks. Well, well that, he's just got the same delusional complex that Reggie had. It is. That's a perfect comparison like that. It's like, so he comes into this season. The Celtics are up front with him being like, okay, we know this sucks, man, but this is the deal. You're going to have to play in this role. And I understand Rozier's like complaints about it being hard, but you knew from day one that this was your deal. You go into the season and you are bad. You're, you have the worst on-off numbers for the whole team. Your shooting numbers are off. Like you're, you're pressing when you're out on the floor, Brad Stevens gives you so much rope all year long. I'm here like calling for freaking Brad Wanamaker <laughs> and like, like half the other Celtics Twitter and Brad's like, no, I'm going to stick with you. I can't even sit you down for a game. I can't even like, you know, literally has your back the whole freaking season into the postseason. And this is how you replay Brad Stevens. You throw him under the bus and say, Oh, he was catering to Kyrie, who was a hundred times better than you all year long. And Gordon Hayward, who, despite his struggles, was also a lot better than you all year long. And you have the gall to freaking blame <laughs> the front like Scorched to brain Brad Stevens. Like I this is out of mind. And <laughs> and to put it all this, and so for this happening, like, and then I kind of put this on Ainge to degree because. He saw this happening. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not because he had the faith that Terry would eventually come around. And I get it. Based on the last few postseasons, it looked like it. But for Terry to just literally lay a complete egg and turn around and throw everyone else under the bus is just like, it's unbelievable to me. And I know it's a strategic <laughs> maneuver to like for restricted free agency, but it's still like, to, so the subjects like will let him go. So he's not stuck here anymore, but it's still like, it's going to cost him money. I think it's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. I want to say I, I thoroughly enjoyed 99.5% of that. The only place you got me is when you said Gordon was much better than, than Terry all year. No, like in the second half of the year. Well, oh, yeah, but, for sure. Like when he came well, Gordon's around. Gordon's on a max contract. It's just like, I yeah. It, I, it was, I know, but that's like, it's like these were, these are just like, we knew what was going on here. Like, of course Gordon's going to be bad this year. Of they course they're going to give him extra time. They also try. I know they tried. They're. I don't know how close they were. They were certainly trying to trade Terry to Phoenix before the season started. So right. I don't. I don't know if you know how far you know Terry got wind of that. You know, they knows how that plays into it. But um. But yeah, I mean, I I, like, I agree for the most part with, with with everything you said. But having said that, having you said that, I still believe that there's a chance he could be back next year if the 
Yeah. <laughs> no, 100%. Shake out. Yeah. This is all in business. Sure. They do what they have to do. But I also will say, like, you know, when you're in a contract year and you're trying to make money, and didn't he turn down an offer? The Celtics made an offer, right? So he's, yeah, $12 so, million, 12 okay, million so a year. that's a lot of money. He turned that down, uh, obviously thinking making a bet on himself and then who knows what was said to him about the opportunities he would have and blah, blah, blah. And it is difficult to, uh, you know, be a consistent player when you're not getting consistent minutes, yada, yada, yada. And if I were him and I saw Gordon, you know, struggling through the season, a guy who got his money, I would, and not really impacting winning, I would be like, what is the deal here? And so I get that from his perspective, and I just want to have a little bit of empathy, I will say that, but... <laughs> but but he got the same minutes as he did last year, Mike, even before he got hurt. He was a good player in limited minutes last it's year. Dif- but you know it's different when you have... It's just the players he, who are on the court I know, with but you, like, it's just a different... It was a different situation. The minutes are the minutes, but the context is... It was just different. He had, like, two okay seasons in the playoffs... Like, and thought he was an all-star. Like, you weren't that good, man. You yeah. weren't. No, it's true. Like, but, and I, but I think a lot of it, too, is that, like, he went all in, right? He became he became a business. He was a, he was a brand. Yeah. He was a scary guess, Terry. Yeah. You know, he, he just... So, I mean, I'm sure that was a, a hit to, to his ego where he got used to being that guy, right? And, and this isn't making excuses for him. It's just, like you said, Mike, it's the human beings and young human beings who have not gone through this shit. Um, but, but, yeah, I am. All right, well, can we, I, I still don't think there's any real right. like capital you know punishment deserved, but that's my yeah. He doesn't deserve to die. So <laughs> no, he doesn't. But it's just it's just so stupid. Like but, I, but, but I bad. has a has a, a, a prop on Terry Rozier surviving the summer. I feel bad for the advice he's getting. Like he's getting bad advice, is what the bottom line is here. I feel like I agree with which that. Which is too bad. Okay, what's next um, on the docket? Let's finish off with some Eastern Conference Finals, and I I guess. We should. I want to bring up Kawhi Leonard, and the and how that relates to the Anthony Davis decision this year mm. for the Celtics in terms of making a trade for a guy that obviously can you think can take you to the next level without any strings attached. Yeah. Um, in terms of whether they're going to stay or not, Toronto at this point. I mean, it's clear when he hit that shot, he they won that trade, right? Like. <laughs> Like, they, no matter what happens from here, like, they won that trade. And... I will say, though, I, this series will decide who won the George Hill Kawhi trade. Finally, we'll get an answer to that question that has plagued us for years. So, B Rob, I, mean, I, I, I feel what you're saying a lot, but I also, you know, if... Kawhi has, has carried himself in a way that even with everything that happened, even with. I mean, it's the first buzzer beater in Game 7 history and the way it happened. One of my favorite photos in NBA history. I mean, there's so many of them. There's one specific one. You can make out everyone's face as it's about to fall in. But he has also carried himself in a way where he can still walk away like with very oh, little, yeah. with very little, like, you know, and he hasn't made any. He, hasn't, he didn't do a commercial like Kyrie. You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't do any of that stuff. But so, I mean, I think that, yeah, maybe it means they won the trade, but check in in five years. You know, they really still could be the end of this run you still of make, really yeah, solid Raptors You still make that still trade make 10 trade times out of 10. It's not even a debate. Like, it's not even a debate. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I have some breaking news here, actually, ooh, um, ooh. that is kind of relevant, slash pretty relevant here. <clears throat> it's not about Terry Rozier, is it? <laughs> no. 
Okay. He did another Jerry's interview. Still alive. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, from Tim Bontem, CSPN. The NBA is expected to move up the start of its annual moratorium from midnight on July 1st to 6 p.m. on June 30th. Hmm. Pretty interesting. Do you think enough writers bitched about having to stay up late? That's well, it, it, it is done. The move will shift the league away from an antiquated system by allowing teams to start talking to players at a reasonable hour. Yeah, that's that's good win. That's win for everyone. Um, so we don't have to write at three a.m. on the July first. I always like when the when the people show up on guys' front door at midnight. Yeah, when LeBron LeBron five minutes the afterwards, uh, you have the <laughs> Alpha Rukaminu three year. <laughs> $25 million contract. Oh, okay. I guess that was negotiated in 16 seconds. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, with 15,000 bonuses. And... <laughs> it's amazing how fast they can turn around that paperwork. Um, um, but so, yeah, the Kawhi trade. Um, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown for Kawhi I mean, was the big, the big question. Look, my feeling on this is that we should go back before we, I mean, the, Kawhi has obviously been one of the best players in the world over the past, on, on the biggest stage over the past uh, however many weeks. We should note that he was coming off a season in which he played nine games where no one really knew what the hell was going on. Uh, and you were trading for this mystery box of a player. Uh, you knew he was great. He'd been great, but he was, you know... It, it's very scary and worrisome when not only you're worrying about the physical problems, but also the fact that he could not, you know, get things right with the organization that is the model organization in the league. And in terms of getting, keeping everything in house, making every, making sure everyone's a team player, everyone sees the big picture. They couldn't do that with their franchise player here. And he kind of broke the mold there. So there was, there were some worrisome signs. So when you look at it from, the Celtics perspective, you've got that versus a Jalen Brown who's coming off this playoff run where at 21, 22 years old um, and still on his rookie deal is, you know, who knows what he could become. And so I get like we should all we should keep that in mind when we when we look at all this. Yeah, no, for sure. There was it was no it was there was. It was a 50-50 situation. Like, it could have been a total disaster. Like, it, it could have been a disaster. You never know. But but here's... But this is my thing. Um, When looking at it, like, you knew... Danny likes sure things. And Kawhi, obviously, you know, you had... The question marks you mentioned are, were real. But, like, he was proven when he was right to be a top five player in the league. Correct. And had shown that he can win the finals by himself. I think... and. No one really could have foreseen this, but like the disaster scenario that this year has become for the Celtics in terms of the finish and how things went with Kyrie, having Kawhi here and like maximizing that window when you had it, even if obviously was only guaranteed for one year, like that was kind of not overlooked, but like you, no one could could have foreseen, I think, to the degree that how bad things could have gone with Kyrie. For sure. When we talk, and, when we talk about real, like, do we know for a fact that that Pop and or Harcy Buford and uh, and Danny were on the phone and they said, "Hey, we'll give you Kawhi if, if you give us Jalen." I don't think it. I don't know if it ever went that far. No, because I don't think the Celtics ever put him on the table. Yeah. 
Do we, I mean, we, we, do we know that, or we just? I mean, that's reports. Yeah, reports from last summer from Woj and Zach Lowe, among others, was that okay. Jalen and Tatum and all the Celtics other All Stars were never on the table in negotiations. And I also wonder. I mean, Toronto was a good. Which spot. I get. Which... I say Toronto was a good spot for this. I mean, I, can you imagine if if Kawhi had come had ended up here, right? You you traded Jalen for him or whoever. And then he does the thing where he only plays sixty games, and you're just really slow playing everything. And you know, I, I just that that would in Boston that would have been a tough situation. Well, it was also, I mean, but that's what Kyrie did, though. <laughs> well, well, not to, I mean, not he the they way. invented the load management term, and they like they let him truly run the organization in terms of he could do whatever whatever he wanted. Like they placated the hell out of him, and I don't know why you're talking about. I'm talking about Toronto with Kawhi. Okay. And so I don't know. Do you think the Celtics would have behaved that way? No. But do you think, I mean, they didn't obviously do this to the same degree of Kyrie, but like they, they let him play in the all-star game after he was hurt. Like they gave him, they never let him. He took every game off to Cleveland. He played 60 something games, which I think again is smart because they were saving him. But one of these plans worked out well for the postseason. One of them <laughs> didn't. Again, the Celtics couldn't know that. Like, I don't like they took the Ka- Ka- Kawhi had questions, like very hard questions. So did Kyrie when they traded for him. Like he wanted off a title team, and well, like, one guy had one year on his deal. One guy had two. One guy had two. Right. So like you 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 took the extra year. Like I'm not faulting the Celtics at all for trading for Kyrie. Like that was a gamble that that's a. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Was worth taking. That's no-brainer. But the just the fact of like teaming them up, so you didn't have to deal with all the role player issues and stuff like that. Again, that no one could really foresee how bad it was of the the rosiers of the world and you know the the young versus old guy stuff and all that. Like for all the crap that the Toronto had to put up with Kawhi, like. It might have been better just in terms of like getting someone on Kyrie's level I, what, to get in you, here and like. Make what do you work. guys think about what? Let's say the Celtics were able to look a few months into the future and see that the Raptors are the team that is going to get Kawhi, and they only gave up DeRozan and Pirtle in a first. In let's say the Celtics knew that. Do you think that would change their calculus at all? I would hope so because that's your that's rival. a rival and. Uh, you know, it's now conceivable that Kawhi will sign a five-year maximum contract to play in Toronto for the rest of his prime. That's conceivable. Um, I right. still think he's going to go to the Clippers, but it's conceivable for sure, especially after that shot uh, and his reaction, which was amazing. Um, I And, you know, they might win the title. So I... I I just wonder what how that would have changed things, if at all. Um, it's another interesting but, thing so, to think about. So, it. but in that, so in that situation, like you are, so this was last summer. So you already had Gordon. Gordon just screws everything up, and I'm not, no. It's his not injury his fault, screws honestly. everything up. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I mean. I mean, because that's I mean, because that's where they were. I mean, that that's that's a big factor. We just we just signed this max dude last summer who's played what was it like two and a half minutes for us. Um, yeah, you can understand maybe why they weren't looking to, you know, take a take a gamble on giving up Jalen for Kawhi. Yeah, but the but. it's funny though, like the gap between healthy peak Gordon and healthy peak Kawhi is fucking massive. 
Like it just is. Yeah, it's just not even comparable. Not even. And I don't know. It's like Kawhi to me was just. It's like there are only a certain amount of guys where you like say screw it, we're gonna roll the dice because he's that good, despite all of like the red flags. Kawhi is one of those guys. Kawhi even more than Kyrie was one of those guys. And now, I mean, the Celtics, I feel like, in the same situation with AD this summer, they're going to have to say, screw it, we're going to have to trade for him because there's no other choice. And Man, I, I just know. worry they may they maybe waited a year too long. It's gonna And AD is going to cost more than Kawhi would have. I, I just don't believe in that. I, I don't think that you do. I don't think that you react to a mistake. Mis- I don't even know if it's a mistake necessarily. I just don't think you, you get crazy because you think you missed on something before. And now, and now you have to to get AD. I mean, I do understand like the, the point, like the whole point of this whole rebuild since I guess, you know, draft night, what was it? 14 or 13 was to land like an AD like player at this point in his career. But, um, I don't know. I don't think you get crazy just because you, because what Kawhi get that shot, you know, it's not just as that, but you know, right. that's, what, I mean, that's what's taking it to another level of like, holy shit, that the Celtics really screw up by not getting a little bit more aggressive. Well, and we'll wrap up on this for you. Like, what do you guys, what is your plan B right now? If, like, what direction do you want the Celtics to go if they don't get AD for whatever reason? And Kyrie's and Kyrie, gone. And Kyrie is gone. Like, do you go full? Like, what do you do? <laughs> like, um, pray. I mean, no, I, I. Because what's Al doing then, too, right? Right, exactly. Like, there's so many dominoes. Uh, yeah, that's a tricky one. I mean, I actually think that, like, I don't think they're in the worst place possible if if that happens. Because you still have Tatum, the Grizz pick, Jalen, and just, you know, you're still, you're, you're not winning the title. I think you can kiss that goodbye. But you're, you're a fun, interesting team for a little while. And who knows what Tatum becomes. You know, if he becomes an MVP candidate, then that's wonderful. And you can just build around him and that's your core. Um, but, yeah, it would be obviously, like, humongously disappointing based on getting Kyrie, signing two max free agents in back-to-back summers in Horford and Gordon, uh, and then really having, you know, nothing much to show for it would be, it would be hugely disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I don't, you know, it's 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 I'm, just what I mean. I'm sure there's a plan. You know, it's 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 too real for for there not to be a a plan of attack. You know, I just I don't know. I mean, is there any way you could do something to try and move into the top three this year? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Now, if given up Tatum, I don't think that's no. what you're not going to do. It's it is it's tough. Like. A lot of this stuff has been beyond the Celtics front office control. Like the Hayward injury, like things changed that night, like in ways that no one could have foreseen in terms of the dynamics on the team. And it ruined two you know, years. It ruined two years, essentially. I mean, I mean you Hayward, trade. Hayward single, yeah, you, you, he didn't single handedly move this ruin this year. It was other, like I put Hayward kind of far down the list of what ruined this year for the Celtics, but it's obviously a big factor. I think, for me, Hayward's injury is, has always been paramount. <clears throat> I think it would be much higher up on my list, personally, to explain why this year, and not forget about last year, I think this year, 
why this year didn't go right, I think you can look at Hayward's injury in a lot of different ways and, and point to that as a reason why. Um, you know, they make the Kyrie trade with Hayward having already committed to playing with Isaiah. So, uh, you know, you expect that Gordon Hayward is going to be an all-star player uh, in your system. And you imagine all these things about how he can collaborate with Kyrie and blah, blah, blah. And that just goes out the window. And all of a sudden you're having to to look to guys like Tatum and Jalen to step into roles that they're obviously not ready for. And it's tough. I think that, you know, the ripple effects of that injury are, are massive. And when we look back, if they do not get AD and if Kyrie leaves, that's kind of the moment here where everything fell apart. Yeah, and I think, you know, the on the on the other side there's that all right, maybe somewhere down the road the reps and the development that, that Tatum and Jalen got as a result of Gordon's absence or not being able to be Gordon the last two years, maybe that pays some dividends down the road. But yeah, I mean it's uh changed everything. And and I like that you made the distinction earlier, Mike, just that's not Gordon, it's Gordon's injury. You know? There's nothing nothing really that guy can do <laughs> after suffering something like that. But I will say I'm all in for next year on him. My expectations are you know, maybe we're not talking about last year in Utah, Gordon, but I would be surprised slash disappointed if, if next season he's not back and looking consi- more consistently like the guy that we saw a few times against the Pacers in the last few weeks of the season. Yeah, he sounded really motivated for this summer, which is uh, so it would definitely be exciting to see him with a healthy offseason under his belt to see what he comes back looking like. It's right, going to be fat. I mean, we're going to, we're just getting started here. Yeah. I'm going to hit you guys with the Jimmy, Jimmy Butler odds. Should we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Close it out with Jimmy Butler odds. All right. So this is a bet online that AG. Oh, they just put up a new one actually. Oh, Durant and Irving, both a Nick game one of 2019. What do you think? So no is obviously the favorite that they'll both are going to be there, but it's only minus 200 plus 150 on yes. That's uh. Those are pretty uh, low odds. Anyways, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> next team, next season, 2019-2020. Right now, the Sixers are the favorites at minus 200. Then you have the Knicks, plus 600. Clippers, plus 800. Lakers, plus 800. And Nets, plus 800. We'll draw the line there. Hmm. They also have the Rockets at plus 900. That could interest you, Pina. Um, <laughs> what, do you guys th- what do you guys think from that, from that crew? I think that... Uh, you should not rule out the Lakers. I think that if LeBron is any shot at any one of these guys who's a 1B, you know, there's obviously the Kyrie report, but, you know, whatever. Um, He's not going there. Hey, crazier things have happened, but I kind of agree with you. Um, I think he might. I think it would be the height of ludicrousness. I told you, I saw him and, him and Rich Paul had that hug before Game 3 of the Buck series that I watched, and it was it was a special hug. Okay, that makes there, me There were some feelings exchanged. That makes me sad. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Jimmy Butler, based on how he played in uh, in the playoffs, particularly that second round, where you know they basically wrapped their entire offense around high pick and roll with him and Embiid, and just were like, okay, Simmons, this is not your moment. I think that, you know, if I was LeBron watching that, I'd be like, hell yeah. Like, I want this guy is exactly what I need here. Like, someone who I don't have to worry about, who can let me rest for moments in games, actually a lot. Uh, you know, when you think about the, the, the non-spacer 
prototype that the that the the palinka and magic were trying to get these guys who can create and blah. it's like yeah that's that's a fun theoretical to think about when you're trying to build around old lebron but like <laughs> the answer is not rondo and lance stevenson and michael beasley it's someone like jimmy butler so that's probably the i think if i were him if i were lebron like we haven't even talked about defense too like lebron like jimmy will lock down the other team's best best scorer um but wants wants to yeah who, you know? he's just a manic guy uh who's been through the fires in a lot of different ways so if i were the lakers and i was like and i was if, if i was lebron that would be my number one guy and i would go all out to recruit him away from philly um so if i had to bet that would be where i would put my money because i think that the lakers are still the lakers in a lot of these guys eyes and regardless of how dysfunctional their front office seems to be slash is uh you know i think jimmy would still bet on himself going there and making it work um but you know, I could all the Heat are also plus uh, twelve to one. That's, <laughs> that's between, interesting. You know, right, right, Riley and Spolstra. I mean, you, you never know. At least you gotta consider yeah. them. Yeah, they don't have Miami, cap space. You know? They don't have cap space, and I don't know. You can sell them on something, but not this summer. Um, <laughs> right. So I, I don't know. I go back to Lakers, and then also if KD gets weird and does something else, I think that. Butler and Kyrie will be the, the package that teams will, a team like the Knicks, the Nets, the Clippers will get. I think Butler stays in Philly and they trade Simmons. Yeah. I think they're going to, they're going to cough up the five years for him because they see that they can't, if they want to be a title contender, they need someone like him moving forward to, actually make a shot at the end of what are you trying to what are you trying to uh get with the sim with simmons like what are you trying to package oh i don't know maybe a point guard um well jimmy's your point guard (laughs) but i I get what you're saying but yeah like someone who can defend point guards like you could go a bunch of different ways and ben simmons value could go in two directions at this point like i mean they i don't know if they can afford conley but he would make plenty of sense for that team in terms of, but the, his salary would put a hurt on them um, with three other max guys there, unless you're letting Tobias walk, um, which he How might. Can you, what is the difference between Tobias and Mike Scott it, when it comes down to it in a playoff <laughs> series? I'm just like, I'm on $30 million. I'm dead serious. Like, really? I, Mike Scott is a train wreck. Hey, he hit, he not, hit not... some of the, if we were power ranking the biggest shots that Philly had in the playoffs, Mike Scott probably hit like one of the top five. Yeah, they also have like, you know, one guy at least who's afraid to shoot in terms of hitting big shots. But I mean, Tobias is solid though. I I I like that guy clearly more more than you do. But um, I like him just not that money. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I have a quick question before we wrap this up, and I'll give it to Bureau. Bureau, one you guys can can do it. But can you break down? Can the Celtics sign and trade Kyrie? Technically, yes, but it's it's complicated. There's some, the roles to do it now are, are trickier, so it depends. You still have to find a, a team that has cap space, right? right? And oh yeah, I'm, I'm just asking the about the tax and all this other. Yeah, you crap. can't you can't do it with a team that's over the like that's over the apron essentially. Um, okay. So, but yeah, like you could, if you because this team, team does with, complicated very well. I think that's one of their one yeah, of their no, strengths. Oh, if he's gone, they're gonna be. 
be like, Kyrie, you really fucked us here. So let's <laughs> at least let's do the sign of trade here so we can get you a little extra money. Um, yeah, so that will be, you know, I have no doubt that they'll do their damnedest to pursue something on that front if he uh It also opens up, theoretically, the possibilities. That's why you do the tight end trade for a team that doesn't have the cap space, right? Yeah. Correct. Right. So I just wonder, so I think that, that's something to, to keep in mind. For sure. So if, there's no doubt that they'll be all over that if uh, that's the route that this he leaves them with. Real quick, right now, but, also, uh, uh, Tobias Harris is, an, is, is not, according to the odds, they said he's more, most likely not going to be back in, in Philly. Yeah, that would make sense. He... So great trade, Philly. Great trade. <laughs> Give up Shamit, that Miami pick, and uh, Wilson Chandler. He might have been semi-useful in that series too. Um, but they got Boban, so it was worth it. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> Can't argue with that. All right, uh, that's it for now. We'll be back uh, probably next week to start uh, a series of free agency analysis, AD analysis, off-season analysis. There's there's a whole lot. We we scratched the surface on a bunch of things today, guys. And I think I think like Terry Terry's really... going to be on the view on Friday. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> actually, we'll see what, what he has to say. I actually don't know if that's a joke, but yeah. I guess that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. He might be on winning place next week at that rate. We'll see. Him and Joy um, Behar are going to go one-on-one. <laughs> Is she even on that show anymore? Oh. We'll that's find out. <laughs> Watch Friday.